Are you a female entrepreneur who wants to make a bigger impact on the world? You're booked and busy and you love serving your clients, but your time is capped. You want to do more. You often wonder how you can help more people without spending so many hours on social media, repeating content that only a handful of people will see. Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Too Busy to Podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast launch and system strategist, and I'm on a mission to help you create a podcast that connects and builds community with your audience and converts them into clients. Are you ready to leverage the power of your voice? Let's head into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Too Busy to Podcast. We have a special guest with us today, Nicole Christina. Nicole is the host of the multi-award winning Zestful Asian podcast, an interview show heard in 103 countries. She's also the author of Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer. Nicole's guests are change makers from a variety of disciplines, filmmakers, writers, advocates, poets, musicians, scientists, athletes, and entrepreneurs, many of whom are top experts in their field. The show has a humanitarian focus and looks at the importance of leaving your own legacy. Leaving a legacy is a way of contributing to the common good, which has shown to have a significant impact on aging well. Find out more at ZestfulAsian.com. Nicole, hello. I am so glad we were able to connect. How are you today? Me as well. I'm very fine. You know, we're talking about my favorite subject, so that always makes me happy. My favorite subject too. I am so, so, so excited about this interview. We were planning to have this conversation for a few months now after Mm -hmm. I found you. I can't remember which Facebook group. Maybe She Podcast. It's probably She Podcast. I think it it was. And you had commented on someone's post and I was like, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it, it struck like a chord and I thought, right, I'm going to put my big girl panties on and reach out to Nicole (laughs) and ask her if she would be willing to be a guest on this show because interviewing guests is something that a lot of podcasters, it doesn't come naturally, does it? It's something that we need to learn and practice. There's skills. You know, it's one of those things that maybe it's simple, it's not easy. And I think once you know some fundamental skills, things really can improve dramatically. If you just have some framework uh, to go on, because as the the book is titled, it's different than chatting. Even if you're a wonderfully social person and you, you know, your cocktail parties and you're, you're doing great, it's a different skill set. And so my hope is by using these skills, you can get the most out of your guests, the most vibrant, interesting, in-depth, and also unique interview. Because as you well know, Rosemary, we are competing with now, I saw the latest yeah. stat was 5 million podcasts. So we got to do what we're doing as best as really? we can. Really? 5 million? I thought we were still in the sort of two point eight range i need that to look that up that was pre-covid <laughs> oh yeah wow. well correct me if i'm wrong that's something you know but as you well know that may mean one episode or yes. average seven episodes before people say this is far too much work <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed and i'm not becoming a millionaire overnight yeah that's what a lot of people expect and then like you said when they realize that's not quite 
how it works. You've got to put in the work mm-hmm. for a, a little longer than that. Then they kind of, you know, go off to do other things. But before we get into those fundamental skills that you mentioned, I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about you, your story, and what led into you starting your podcast. You've been podcasting for a while, 300 yes. plus episodes. Four and a half years. Wow, that's a long time. So tell us a bit more about you. Sure. I mean, I've been a psychotherapist for 30 years, and I started to notice that my clients were getting older along with me. And I did a couple of online um, classes, uh, one on mindful eating. I'm an eating disorder uh, specialist, one on mindful eating. And I started getting interested in the questions that come up for my clients and myself about, you know, what now, you know, turn 45, turn 50, turn 60, what now? And so my tech assistant said to me, um, I think you would really like podcasting uh, because of the work I was doing with these classes. And, you know, I'm a bit of a leap and then look person, which works out sometimes, but not (laughs) all the time. And I decided the next day to go over to a friend of mine's house who has a really interesting specialty. She's a fly fisher Mm -hmm. person. And uh, she does retreats for people who are in recovery for breast cancer. Mm. I did a um, a bit of a retreat with her, a mindfulness and fly fishing retreat. And I just thought she'd be an excellent guest. So I ran over to her home in, in Syracuse with my little, you know, MacBook Air. And we sat on her porch. And I was just like... I got to do more of this. I, I, It was like I was bitten and I thought, this is it. I found my, you know, true passion and I just couldn't get enough after that. And I ran into sort of a funny problem where my editor said, we simply cannot have you interviewing three people a week oh, if gosh. you're only dropping yeah. once a week. <laughs> That's a little it just doesn't, the numbers don't. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to kind of, you know, bat, but you know how it is. I mean, if you come across someone who you really want to hear their story, mm-hmm. you're not going to wait. You're going to, of course, contact them. And then they say, how's next week? And then, you know, yeah, it's free. out of your hands <laughs> yeah. at that point. So I got so into it. Uh, it actually became a problem because guests were saying, when am I going up? Mm. And then I would look and it was like, felt a little disrespectful because it was like, oh yeah, that was six months ago. Oh, um, so now I, uh, I've i matured hopefully and I'm um, slowed down. And, and so I have people in the pipeline, but it's not like a huge stack of people kind of tapping their toes, wondering <laughs> whatever became of me. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you about how your podcasting journey has evolved. And that is something that I'm also <laughs> conscious of because I've guested on shows and not quite six months, but yeah, a couple months, three months, four months. And then you're thinking, well, are you going to hear it or are you not? So now what is your sort of lead time, I guess? Right. Um, It depends because I do a lot of uh, interviews of people with books coming Mm. out. And what I try to do is uh, coordinate with their published date so that they may get a little bit more traction. Um, So I really try to do that for my guests. Um, 
I try to do it within a couple months. Things have ebbed and flowed with COVID, as you know. Yeah. Also, you know, I when we had some really big things happen in the world that were very concerning, mm. I didn't think it'd be appropriate to put like something on about, you know, thrifting yeah. and, and, and uh, timeless dressing and thrifting. Yeah. So as you know, you kind of have to pick and choose to feel what's appropriate and what makes sense um, and what's respectful, yeah. uh, depending on what's going on in, in the world. Yeah, no, you did mention that in your book. And I think, I think that's something that I've not thought of. I suppose my show is slightly different, but yeah, it's something that definitely our listeners should consider depending on the type of show that you have. Global issues might have an impact. So it's, I think it's a bit like, you know, when our queen, I'm over in the UK, died, yes. it was kind of this thing or any sort of big world event. There's this thing you see posts around, oh, should I post? Should I not? So it's the same with your podcast, just being really conscious. Because as you also mentioned in your book, which I'm going to reference a lot to our listeners, I will repeat. Oh, thank you. Not just chatting how to become a master podcast interviewer is a book that every podcaster should have. I read it twice <laughs> and I've oh, highlighted wow. <laughs> several points. Um, and I just highly recommend that you check it out. Grab a copy from Amazon. I will make sure that there's a link included in the show notes. But I think it's just really, really important for people to be mindful because, as you mentioned in your book, your podcast is a true reflection of yourself. So you just need mm -hmm. to be careful how you kind of um, thread those, not murky waters, tricky, can somewhat be tricky mm -hmm. waters. So I, I love that point. And were there any sort of maybe other lessons that you learned along the way? Oh, um, can you be more specific? I mean, I listen to my old podcasts and it's like, oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> I guess what I would say is that you're not going to be an expert the first few times. Mm. And I think that there's this sense of like in the podcasting community, oh, it's not that hard. You know, you just get on a platform and you do your thing. It's not hard, but you have to put effort and thought into it. It takes energy and it takes, um, I think, thoughtful consideration. Mm. So while it's not hard, it's a skill. You know, you could say the same thing about riding a bike. It's not hard, but if you don't know how to do it, it really is hard. I think I would be patient. And if there's, in my and you can correct me if you've had a different experience, but, you know, the fact that I'm winning awards and I have these big names, I've been doing this every single week for four and a half years. Not a break. And you've not um, missed a week. It was no break. And wow. I love it. But there are times when I'm like, oh, you know, I have to do the, the Canva or I have to do the, the notes or I have yeah. to contact whatever. And it's work. I mean, I love doing it. I feel like it's changed my life in so mm. many ways. It's been so enriching. Sometimes I still can't believe I get to talk to people whose work I really, really admire. Mm. But at the end of the day, I'm on the computer doing graphics, doing, you know, and I don't, I have an editor. I don't yeah. know how you would do it without an editor. Yeah. Um, 
So it's a, it's a true commitment. And I think that there's maybe this idea that you're just going to be like Joe Rogan and be a millionaire and um, it's an overnight success. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no, I have not seen that, but um, you know, I don't know everyone's story, but I think it's more of you. It's a commitment and that's why there's such a thing as pod fade because people average seven episodes and Mm -hmm. then they say, the, you know, Coca-Cola isn't contacting me to do an ad for them. You know, <laughs> Google isn't contacting me. And, um, right, they're not. <laughs> so, you know, and it's I think you five have minutes. to be, right. And I think you have to be, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, there's probably a really good British word. But you have to be, like, creative or... um Mm, shameless isn't exactly the word, but like I contact people or I collaborate with people. I'm reaching out. I mean, I'm very fortunate now that guests reach out to me most times now, but I've made collaborations with like the International Federation of Aging in Toronto and that's work. But I know that that's a really great thing for me. I've done it a lot of uh, conferences where I'm teaching, you know, how to do interviewing yeah. and they don't pay you, you know, they give you great um, exposure, but at the end of the day, instead of going out and gardening or having tea with my friends, you know, I'm, I'm doing a training. So I think you just have to have really the long view and it means something to you inherently. It's a valuable thing for you. Otherwise, I just don't think most people would stick with, I can understand sometimes why people just say, look, um, I think I'm going to do something else that has a quicker uh, return on um, investment. Yeah, exactly. I think you'd agree. It's like, um, it's a special thing and you have to make sure it fits for you. Yes. It's not for everyone. Is that uh, congruent with you? Yes, I would 100% agree. Yeah. Podcasting is not for everyone. You have to really love mm-hmm. it. You need to yeah. love you have talking. To love it and, and if you're interviewing people, you need to enjoy talking to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing I would say is, you re- and this is from the book too, it is your podcast. If you're getting pitches from people and you're like, oh, you know, they have a lot of followers, mm. maybe I should do it. Nope. No, you shouldn't. If you have to think, maybe I should do this anyway, the answer is no, because your listeners have a lot of choices and it takes one episode for them Mm -hmm. to say, this is Mm -hmm. crap. (laughs) And they go on to the next one. So you want to, I think it's got to be your best work. 100%. Would you agree? I mean, you have to show your best face, even if you're feeling cranky or you haven't had coffee or you're not even that, you know, whatever, you know. You're not in the mood. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You still got to show up. You still have to show up. You've mentioned a lot of stuff there. (laughs) Like a lot. You're answering my questions before I even get to ask you. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of my jam. (laughs) But I would love to dig in a little bit more because in your book, you shared this amazing story where you were watching TV 
And this lady was on TV and you were just really fascinated. Was she like a tribal leader? And you're really fascinated with her story. And so you reached out to her on Twitter. And I don't know how long this TV show was, but I'm going to imagine it was a standard hour, hour and a half pushing it. Yes. And by the end, you'd like landed her as a guest on your show before the TV show had ended. What did you do? (laughs) Get really, um, I get teased for this. So (laughs) I'm an enthusiastic person. And when I'm into something, you know, like when I started baking sourdough, people were like, we have enough sourdough now. You know, I like do it in a big, big way. And I get really excited. So that sort of fuels the excitement. But that, yeah, that's an exa- that's that's a, a funny example. But I was watching PBS, and it was about a tribal leader who was looking at some problems in the Southwest where mining companies were just dumping their their uh, poisoned water after they had finished mining, oh, no. and then you know that's what was left for the native population. And so she was both a politician and a professor and a water ecologist and said, you just can't do this. You can't just Mm. use our stuff and then leave us with no water. And I fancy myself an environmentalist. My stuff is very humanitarian. If I can get some, uh, you know, um, diverse views, if I can get some people with other perspectives and other cultures, I'm even happier. And so that was just a thrill. But um, I also, I, there's another woman recently, she, I haven't put her up yet, but she just did a, um, she's in the Wall Street Journal and wrote in Atlantic Monthly, and she just, she's a fashion historian. She just wrote a book called Skirts. It's brand new, and it is really interesting. It's kind of geeky, but, you know, I like that. And uh, so I contacted her because I just thought, oh, this is so fun. And she contacted me immediately back. And I'm always just, you know, thrilled and tickled when people who have, you know, substantial careers and are experts are, you know, I'm still thrilled that they're willing to talk to me. And so one huge tip that I'm getting or what I'm hearing from you is that enthusiasm, excitement for the topic is key when you're pitching to a guest. Did I hear that right? I think so. I mean, you want them to feel, and this is a piece, I'm pretty sure I put it in the book, you do not want to give them some template about, please join me on my podcast. It's called Zestful Aging. I'm heard and blah, blah, blah. I mean, who cares? You know, (laughs) I think you have to say, and I learned this from another podcaster, right? I mean, you have to say my audience would really resonate with your message on blank, 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 or I'm very interested in bringing this message blank, 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 because they, you want them to feel, it's just like if you get a form letter, you know, you just, and they say, you know, dear friend, you just pitch it. I think it's really important to say, this is why I'm contacting you. Your work stands out to me. I'd be honored. Um, Mm. You may, sometimes what I do, and this is a tip for people who are new at podcasting is I um, also interviewed your colleague, or you probably know like Mary Smith, I've interviewed her. 
you know, so you want to bring in like, hey, we're kind of, you know, uh, not peers, but we have, we run in the same group. Circles, yes. Uh, which is, might be a bit of a stretch. But um, what I did early on is ask every guest, who would you recommend? Mm -hmm. And I had great success with this. People really take it to heart. And they're sending me like these lists with comments. So this person is this and that, but she can do this and that. And then what you do is you contact and say, Mary Smith suggested I Mm -hmm. uh, contact you or recommended you. That is, to me, uh, a really key way to get excellent guests. And so this is something I'm going to talk about later on in this season, about being strategic with your guest selection. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as you touched on earlier, a lot of people feel that they need to say, if they're pitched to, they need to say yes, because they, I mean, no is a complete statement. (laughs) it's fine you can say no you're not a good fit and Mm. I think you gave a little bit of a a template in your book but you don't have to have everyone in your show especially if you are thinking about and I think you gave some questions around is their message or is their topic something that your listeners want to hear always have your listeners at the forefront of your mind and don't feel bad about saying no and Exactly what you just shared. One of my earlier guests about a year ago said the exact same thing. I mean, I call her a pro podcast guest. She also happens to be one of my podcast management clients. But this is what she always asks. Who do you know that I know at the end of every guest interview? And I thought she blew my mind. (laughs) It absolutely blew my mind at the time. So if you take nothing else away (laughs) from this conversation in order to strengthen your guest appearances, guest slots, I guess, on your show, take that away. That is the key question that you should and could ask. If you don't ask that, you are leaving something on the table. That is gold. In my mind, that is absolutely gold. And you will get a different interview from someone who it has been referred to you. It's like, well, we're all kind of in the same club. We all, you know, we all travel together. Even if it's superficial, it's still valuable. In a way, it's like when you have your business and you've been referred, you've received a referral. It's almost like, yeah, you've, someone's spoken on your behalf. So it's almost like an automatic yes. Does that make, does that make sense? Like a vetting. Yeah, like, exactly. So And by you just saying, oh, Mary Smith or whoever said that I should reach out to you, I think you'd be a perfect fit for my show. I can't imagine, unless you like really offend them, I can't imagine (laughs) why they would say no from that approach. So I think, yeah, definitely something to to take away. And something else around the guests before we hop into the actual interview itself that Mm -hmm. I was quite fascinated by is around maintaining those relationships after the interview. You touched on, you know, because Mm -hmm. you interview people from all different parts of the world, even some people here in the UK, if you were to ever come here, yeah, you would love to meet up. How do you, or what tips would you share? Because I'm sure I'm not the only one who's poor at this. For maintaining those relationships beyond your episode is now live. Yay. Please promote. (laughs) Like, how do you maintain it going forward? This is what I do, but it's, 
sometimes I have more energy for it than others. So if I have someone like midlife movement in your country or um, there's uh, hot flashes, cool topics in my country that are, you know, they're doing similar kinds of work. And I see something that I know they would love, I send it to them. Um, In fact, there's a a woman who's a big environmentalist who I really love, uh, Vera Fortier. I've had her on my uh, podcast twice. She's had Mm -hmm. me on hers. And um, there was a guest. I haven't interviewed her yet. She's in the lineup, but I know Verla would love her because it's very much about the healing power of nature and some biology and all this. So I just said, hey, you know, why don't you talk to this woman? I think when you're generous, it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. There's so many people in the world that would be great guests. And I want to be known as a sort of a, a helper and a team player, not like that's yeah. my guest, you know. Um, so what I will do is, uh, and there's a uh, woman um in your country that I've gotten a little friendly with and her Mm. son does this amazing work in Afghanistan. I interviewed him and then I sent him some stuff just that I saw on Facebook. And I said, I think Dan would really like this and Mm. it's always appreciated. Um, So I guess that's what I do to kind of maintain relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, just keep people in mind. And it's not like that's how I spend my whole day is what's going to be helpful to them. But, you know, when you're doing this work, you come across this stuff on LinkedIn or whatever. And, and I'll try to reach out and say, Hey, what do you think Mm. about this? You must have an amazing memory. Because you've got like um, over 300 episodes. How do you remember? Yeah, I, I have sheets on every single person. Mm. And then as they're talking, I start putting hashtags on. When they're like, oh, longevity, I say hashtag longevity. Ooh. And sometimes when I they're talking, I'll come up with a, a title already because they say something super catchy that I love. Mm. And so then I say, Oh, that's going to be the title. And I'll even say to them, that sounds like a title. Yeah. (laughs) So as they're talking, I'm taking notes that, um, that's going to help me when I promote it on social. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great tip. Thank you. I'm conscious of time. And so I want to get into the nitty gritty, which is. Okay. (laughs) The actual interview. So there's a chapter in your book called The Anatomy of a Great Interview. And you cover quite a few things in this chapter. But I would love to dig into a couple specific points. Namely, and we were talking about this before we hit record, the essential skills of a great interviewer. And just digging in a little more around questions. In the book, you talked about the importance of follow-up questions, not kind of, you've answered your question, they've answered, what's the next question? Like being really rigid. So let's start with the skills. In your mind, what are some of the essential skills that make up a great interviewer? Uh, You know, and they're they're not anything you might not have already heard, but we all think we listen well. Mm. And um, I mean, even as a psychotherapist, I sometimes don't listen as well as I'd like to. I I might assume that I know what they're going to say. I think the most vital skill is to just really focus and listen as hard as you can. And it's not only for content. 
It's for tone. Um, when there's pauses, when you can hear, uh, mine are audio only. So yeah. for me, it feels a little easier to just really tune in. And if you're hearing maybe their voice break or them seeming like they're getting upset, it's not about saying, oh, you know, we're not trying to do a Jerry Springer on them, but that's where the gold is. If you can get someone to talk about something that's actually meaningful and vulnerable, that's what makes an interesting interview. It's an emotional connection. We all know what that feels like. And it's an emotional experience. My hope is that when people listen to an episode, they're not taking more facts and data. I mean, we have enough facts and data. We're all inundated. I want it to be more of an emotional experience. So I really try to listen for the um, the places where you can tell something is meaningful. They might repeat it. Um, you can hear themes. And this is all what it takes also to be a good psychotherapist. And if you hear something that sounds like, ooh, there's stuff there, there's mm. more there, I would just be very respectful and say, can you talk more about that? And then they might, or they may say, no, I don't want to. I haven't got, had that. But the follow-up is, it sounds so simple, but the devil really is in the details. And if somebody says to me, oh, you know, I... um I really like to help people or I really, whatever the statement is, I'll say, well, how, how is that? Tell me more. Mm. That's always a good one. Can you say more about that or in what way? And I will tell you nine times out of 10, you get such richness and a whole other side and perspective that fills it in, that makes it rich, that gives it texture. So if nothing else, I would always beware that, especially people who have been interviewed a lot, they'll just throw something at you and it sort of sounds fine, but you will get a lot more if you ask them to give you more detail. And they often want to, they just, you know, they're not used to it. Yeah. They just need a little bit of coaxing, I guess might be the right word. Yeah. Mm. Some of this is habitual. I mean, I had a woman who there are not many people who I've struggled with because we're having a good conversation. Mm. There was a woman and she had just been on TV a lot and I could not get underneath the sound bites. And believe me, I really tried. Wow. She just had her thing. And I would say, well, say a little bit more. Or how does that match with that? And she just had, it was like, cue cards yeah and nothing i could do to make it more personal or interesting it was just like somebody um on tv who was you know just Reading. reciting stuff i found that really not very interesting it's just not that interesting yeah the other thing is if you can have natural curiosity and the other part of that, don't have people on your show that you're not interested in. Mm -hmm. There's millions of people out there. Why would you fake it if you could actually talk to someone <laughs> that you're interested in? <laughs> yeah. So once you get established, you're going to get requests. I mean, people go to LinkedIn and for me, what they do is they put in the search bar aging. And so I come up. And so they contact me and some of them are not that 
compelling. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they're fine, but they're not that compelling, you know. And so I might say, you know, thanks for reaching out, but this isn't a great fit. I'm not interested in promoting advertise, uh, face cream or colors or hiding your crow's feet or hair. That's just not my jam. Yeah. Other people do it well. That's not what my audience wants to hear. Yeah. Yeah. No, that <laughs> that makes sense. Um, you reminded me, actually, in your book, you talked about guest guidelines and you having to slightly tweak your show and you invited a, a male guest on. I can't remember what he was going to speak about. Yeah, he was like curing Alzheimer's. Yes. Yeah. What I loved about that part of the book, actually, was you checked your analytics and realized some aspects about your audience demographic that then encouraged you to slightly tweak your show. And so when you talk about guest guidelines, you've mentioned a couple of things around, you know, someone you actually want to speak to, someone who you think can hold down a compelling or interesting conversation. Is there anything else that you would add to that? Well, let's talk about uh, something that uh, I don't know how people feel about this. I am a big advocate of pre-interviews even though it's timely, time, time you know, uh, <laughs> intensive. I have learned, time suck. I have learned that when you get people who are doing research, who do books, who are really smart and dedicated, they don't always make great conversationalists. Mm. And so I've gotten, um, not all the time, but if I don't know their work or I haven't been able to see an interview, I do a pre-interview for 15 minutes and just see if there's any rapport. Sometimes there's not. It's not often, but sometimes I've had to say, you know, I don't think it's going to be a great fit, yeah. which is super awkward, but it's your podcast and I would really caution you to you know, uh, make any sacrifices. Yeah. And like you said, it's only 15 minutes. I think we did maybe 30. I mean, we were just, we got like a house on fire. <laughs> oh, you and I? Yeah, you and I. We were just, we were just chatting. That's different. Yeah. 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 Well, that we both know we love what we're yeah. doing. This is just like somebody who's doing cell biology and, and, and looking at longevity. And I'm like, Ooh, that might not be the best talker. Yeah. And, you know, you learn as you go. I've gotten burned before, so now I'm smarter. You know, you, <laughs> that's what experience gives you. Yep, four and a half years in, I'm sure you have seen quite a lot. <laughs> so before we wrap up, what are your kind of thoughts around or suggestions around questions? Because I don't know about our listeners, but I certainly do research and we'll come up with, you know, two, three questions. And I myself, I have grown. When I started out, I was very much, these are my questions. This is what we're sticking to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that's I'm right. getting better with like every interview that I do, not that I do many. Um, but what are some tips that you could share with our listeners? Because I think a lot of people, I don't like to use the word struggle, but interviewing can be a little bit challenging what are some things sure. that people should avoid or look out for that you can share with us well this is cheating but i'll tell you what i do 
I ask my guests, what are the favorite questions they love to oh. answer? Because then I'm getting enthusiasm. And, and I say, and I think it really helps the relationship to say, I want to start out with something you're comfortable. What mm. do you think about this is the first question? How did you get into paddleboarding across the UK? You know, that's Joe Mosley. She's a, she's a really lovely woman uh, in your country. You know, and then she might say, well, what do you think about me starting here? And I often will get agreement on the first question. And then once we're rolling, they're already happy and feeling respected. And then I just follow the breadcrumbs. I don't, unlike you, I have a couple things that I might want to talk to them about. But I think it's all about providing a really safe space for them and a, and a feel of respect. And we're going to have this great, fun conversation. Mm. Let them tell me what they most love to talk about. And then I can take them sort of off a little bit on a direction that I think my audience will really love. Mm-hmm. But I like to start with them. Okay. I can imagine there might be some people who might be like, well, no, because I have my set questions and I want to make sure that my audience gets those answers. Have you ever had to, I don't know, try and bring a guest back to a topic or do you really just let them go with the flow? Boy, that's a that's a toughie. I haven't. I, this is a fairly new thing. I used to do, okay. you know, do all the research. I'm looking at their YouTube's. I, I I read their books. I mean, you can see behind me. These oh, are, is that some of them? This, I just moved, so this is just some. Uh, this is like you know, they send me their books. Yeah. I read them. I do all this stuff. I have not struggled with this part. Because back to this idea, if my guest is having a good time, Mm. my audience is having a good time. If my Mm. guest is saying, let me talk about this really cool thing I'm doing, um, of course, it's going to be something I've already chosen them, right? So it's not going to be completely wildly off some random road. And then I scooch them in a little bit if they start getting, you know, out there. And then I think about what would my audience like, but I have to tell you, Rosemary, Mm. sometimes I want to talk about something that my audience probably doesn't even care about. (laughs) So I have to really discipline myself because I like to get into some random obscure details that probably no one cares about. So I have to say, like, pretend my audience is sitting there and saying, like, you know, they're not gonna care about that. Yeah. No, I hear you. I just wanted to ask the question because I know there might be some people listening who might struggle with I've certainly listened to Mm -hmm. podcasts, probably different from your show, but maybe not, where the guest might be selling something and then goes off, totally ignores the question and goes off on a tangent (laughs) that somehow weaves in the sale of their mastermind or their book or their course or whatever it might be. And the guest the host is struggling to sort of maintain, I suppose, control probably is the right word. That's so I just what editing is for. Ah, so you just edit that out. Yeah. And I like when people write me, I'll ask them, will you write me an intro? Mm. Um, not a not a bio, an intro. And I, you know, I'll edit it up a little bit. But if it's all about buy my thing, 
that's not a guest for me. What I tell them is I'm going to give you a clear call to action at the end. Where can people reach you? Where can they buy your book? So you don't need to be trying to like weave it in. (laughs) I'm going to say, where can they find you? So that kind of cuts that off. I do not want this to become an advertisement. Yeah, Mm -mm. that's exactly it. We have reached time, but one quick question before we wrap up. And I ask you where people can find you. (laughs) What's the difference between a bio and an intro? A bio is like, I went to college, here's where I went, (laughs) I got this, I won this, I did that, I lived there, I did this job. Nobody cares. (laughs) They don't want to know where you went to college. I just cut that right out. Right. So what I'll say is that, you know, right now, you know, I do interviews, I do interviews on aging well, and you try to make it a little bit zhuzhy, you know, Mm. you make it a little sparkly. Because you got to grab the listener. They've got a lot of other choices. So you want to try to put a hook in there um, that's going to really grab them. Yeah. So that's an intro. That's a tip for me (laughs) to take away. Thank you so much, Nicole. This has been a fantastic conversation. I could keep going for another 40 minutes, but you know, time Um, is very important. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. People can reach out to me at Zestful Aging. Um, and, um, you know, I, all my stuff is there and, uh, and the book is on Amazon and, um, I, you know, I just wish everybody really good luck. It's a, it's a really lovely thing to be able to do. And I feel really (laughs) grateful that, um, I get to talk to people. A hundred percent. Me too. I'm mainly solo, but I do enjoy, and that's why I'm very specific, about the guests, like you said, you should be picky. Um, but yeah. even more so when I don't have that many guests, I want to make sure it's someone that I gel with and I really enjoy the conversation as I have today. So thank you so much yes. again, Nicole. Thank My you pleasure. so much for being here. And hopefully we can have you on again in the future. <laughs> I'd love it. All right. Take care. Speak soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Too Busy to Podcast. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with me. If you enjoy this episode and you like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media and subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, keep calm and podcast. See you then.